Hello everybody, hello, hello, welcome, 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 glad you could make it, thanks for joining us, glad you're here, I'm Dan, your friendly fishmonger at dancefish.com, hope you're all having a great evening, we do this every Wednesday at 7pm Mountain, that's 9 Eastern, for those that are mountain challenged, as I like to say, um, I had to update OBS, my streaming software, so could someone just confirm that you can see me okay, and hear me okay, and that everything's working, because uh, <laughs> anytime you change the software, something could be screwed up. So I'm just gonna hang out one moment till AV great, see you now, perfect. Okay, good, excellent. I was hoping for that. I, I combed over everything with a fine tooth comb. <laughs> Talk about redundancy. And uh, I was hoping I hadn't missed anything. Glad you can see me and hear me, that's good news. All right, we're gonna get on with the stream tonight. So we're gonna start with our shipping report. Then we have a pretty awesome giveaway to give you. And uh, after that, we'll tell you about some stuff that's going on here and then get to your questions and comments and start a geek out session on fish. So starting with the shipping report, we are, as of today, 98.83% arrive alive and do fine for our customers. Uh, we, we tend to stick there in the high 98% for the last several months. I'm trying to get into the 99%. I like any losses, either DOAs or, or passed away a little later for the customer, to uh, be under 1%. Right now we're just so ever slightly over 1%. So we're working hard to get there, but you know, it is what it is. So. Um, there is one order I want to talk about, one of the losses I want to talk about. It was a shipment of Corydoras Cotimaculatus. Let me show you this fish, actually. This is a really cool fish. Here we go. It reminds me a lot of, say, a uh, smudge spot Cory, Similis, Corydoras Similis. So if it's a little different, it doesn't have... Let me show you. Here's Similis. The Similis has this, uh, well, the smudge spot, right? The violet streak, whatever you want to call it, on the back. This kind of faded, dark section, if you would. The Cotimaculatus has a very clear, concise spot right there, as opposed to a smudge, a bit of a smudge. So it's like a, a similis or smudge spot quarry, but a lot more uh, contrast, a kind of bold spot that, that sticks out. And we were lucky enough to get our hands on a group and we've been selling them. And we sold several last week. One of the orders didn't do well. The entire box arrived in horrible shape. The customer said that the, uh, the fish looked like, like their tail fins and their fins were all disintegrated down and the skin was sloughing off. Just, just horrible. And I have no clue what it could be. I, I don't think it's a case where we shipped sick fish because as far as I know, all the other Cotimaculatus that we've sent have, have been doing fine for everybody. In a case like this, what I suspect happened is that the box got way too hot. And the reason I suspected that, like maybe it got set in a sunny window, maybe it got set on top of a heat vent at, a, at the UPS warehouse or in the truck, I, I don't know. But the reason I think that is, 
if things get hot, they move a lot quicker, right? So if things got hot and a bacteria population absolutely boomed because they're in a nice warm environment and the corridors aren't getting enough oxygen because hot water does not hold as much oxygen as cold water, all those things, then I could see what the customer described happening. So that's my best guess. I don't know, but I feel horrible. This customer has ordered 33 times from us. I think this is the first time there's been like a disaster like this. But if that customer is watching, you know who you are. I just want to say, I'm so sorry that that happened. We don't control everything. We, we prepare the fish as best we can. So when they're out of our control, they thrive. But if it gets put in an oven, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. So did want to acknowledge that one disaster and just apologize to that customer for that, that horrible experience. Hopefully the 32 previous orders, um, you know, are enough that that customer realizes, hey, you know, <laughs> but you got to think when you receive a box like that, what did they send me? And they looked great when we caught them. They looked great when we sent them. They've looked great for a long time. So I don't know what happened, but I, I'm, I'm positive it was something went wrong in shipping. So that's the shipment report. We're still right up there, like just over 1% issues. And uh, we'll continue to try to do better. That's what we are constantly doing. Alexander Engelhart just gifted away 20 Dancefish memberships. Alexander, thank you so much. That's awesome. That's awesome. Bringing the people in. I really appreciate it. Wow, and look at all those folks that were just became member, just membered up because of Alexander. That is a nice swath of green right there. Look at this. Look at this. This is cool. So, you know, a little green, a little green, and then suddenly, green, 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 green. <laughs> hey, Myrtle, it's great to see you. It's been a minute. Glad you could make it. I want to thank you, um, Chevy Fish. I saw Punchy Paints here. I saw Kaler's Aquatics and Reptiles. I want to thank all the mods for being here and doing what they do. I really appreciate you volunteering your time so the stream runs smoothly. That's awesome. Okay. All right, I'm gonna scroll back up here. Okay. Alexander Engelhart just gifted 50 Dan's memberships. Holy cow, let's, it's like St. Patty's Day in here. Look at that. Everyone's gonna be a member by the end of the night. Thank you so much, Alexander. That is amazing. Well, look at that sea of green. That makes me happy. That is amazing. You know, I resisted memberships for a long time, but I have to say, it's kind of a good move. Maybe I should have done it earlier. Thanks, Alexander, sincerely. So, anyway, shipping reports out of the way. Um, I know it's kind of a downer to start the evening off, but I think the transparency is important. It keeps us honest, keeps us trying our best. So, I appreciate you putting up with it. Sorry about a bit of a downer. But again, please remember, it's just over 1%. It's, and that includes fish that are DOA and includes fish that pass away later due to complications of shipping or whatever. So due to transit. So uh, doing pretty good. All right, the giveaway. We're giving away, and guys, I don't make up these names. Kaler's Aquatics and Reptiles, I didn't come up with Pumpkin Spice. 
Here are the pumpkin spice shrimp we're giving away. They're basically a dark orange shrimp. And when you Google them, I, I know it's a common name. The scientific name on these things is uh, uh, cherry shrimp types, Neocaridina, the species name. Who knows exactly? Is it David I or is it one of the others or a hybrid? I don't know. And so we have the common names, but they're not all aligned. So I want to show you guys a picture of the actual shrimp that you would be getting. And they are these. These are pictures that I took with my own little camera. They're a nice dark orange. Like a dark, if you had an orange with a, a darkish peel, not your standard peel, but a, maybe a little darker. Really nice dark orange shrimp. So the giveaway tonight is for a group of these. So if you'd like to, to win a little colony of pumpkin spice shrimp, that's what they're called. I didn't do it, Bob. I didn't do it. <laughs> I don't know what the proper name is. Um, then, if you would enter hashtag pumpkin, that's hashtag P-U-M-P-K-I-N, no spaces, capitalization does not matter, in the chat, then you would be entered to win a nice little group of these pumpkin spice shrimp as we go through the evening. That's all you have to do to win, so. All right, looks like folks are doing it, cool. And they really are one of those tanks when, when I walk by, I often stop just to look at them because they are that pretty. They're, man, my glasses today. They are a uh, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful shrimp. We have like, I don't know, a couple hundred in there and just that bright orange in that tank just draws my eye every time. They're gorgeous. Man, I went, <coughs> I went about 20 years with my LASIK surgery without having to have glasses. And then I got older and now I need glasses again. And it's been an adjustment. I don't like these things at all. And contacts dry out my eyes. There's always the, the option, I guess, of getting a touch-up LASIK surgery done, but I don't, I think I'll, I'm old enough. I'll accept the glasses, I guess. <laughs> all right. So that is what we're giving away. That's the report. Besides that, we're still working on getting the latest imports healthy and ready to go. We were able, however, to, let's show you this, to get some new fish listed. So we go to Dance Fish and click view the newest arrivals. We've been kind of busy. We have some amazing gobies. We have quite a few rainbow fish. Stiffidon Annie, which is fantastic, and this batch is doing really well. Pelowensis. The real ones. There's lots of Pelowensis out there that I don't think are actually Pelowensis. These are the real ones. And uh, a nice group of new fish. For, you can browse on your own time. But we do have some stuff released. The Congo Tetris, to answer the Fish Guy 5's question about how they're doing, they're still in recovery. There are a few species that we will be releasing soon, though. And, oh, I should show you guys this. There is the coolest catfish that came in from the Congo. It's like, here it is. Check that out. This thing is awesome. It's almost like if there was a Placostomus on the African continent. That's what it reminds me of. Big sucker mouth, kind of pleco-shaped, um, super rare. We're not sure exactly which species it is. We know it was collected in the Congo River. We know it was collected at this location. Kinsuka, how do you say that? Pichur, I don't, I don't speak French. Um, Pichur, we'll go with that. 
<laughs> Sorry, any French folks watching. <laughs> the way I do French is, is just make it as exaggerated as possible, and maybe that's good. <laughs> Pretend I'm sneezing. Hope that's right. <laughs> anyway, I think that thing is, is absolutely amazing. Okay, I'm going to shut down the extra windows. Bex Fishroom throwing down a super chat and punching me in the face with the fox cat. Thanks, Bex Fishroom. Always appreciated. Never required. But it does make my wife super happy when money falls out of the computer screen. So thank you. Every bit helps and is appreciated. That's about it. We're going to... Um, oh, the other thing that we've been really working on is our system. We knew that as the weather cooled off, we'd have to make adjustments because uh, of the high concentration of dissolved gases, oxygen and nitrogen, that occurs in a system like ours during the cool weather. So we're making all the adjustments. We think we figured out how to handle this and uh, we're gonna change a few things that'll make it more permanent. And then that's one big check mark I can check off the list. That's been a big worry and a big uh, engineering feat and just trying to figure out how to properly handle that. I, I think we finally got it. So I'm excited to put that behind me and be able to, to move on with this, uh, with other things. <laughs> so th that's been taking a ton of our time, just, just working to figure that out along with getting the new imports fixed. And I've been working a lot more on media content uh, I know you don't know that, but I'm, I'm trying to, a thing where I'm trying to make really high quality content instead of, uh, well, I'll do both. I don't have time to make crazy, carefully edited videos all the time. In fact, I probably need to do a quick fish tour to show you guys all the new fish that are coming available. But I'm doing a uh, video right now on the Amazon Puffer, and it's super detailed. And we'll see how it goes. But I am working on more content for you. This one is just taking a long time because I'm trying to really get into the details of the video. All I've been able to do pretty much until now is uh, take a camera, film some stuff, load it up, maybe do a couple little edits here and there, maybe throw in a few graphics or images, but, but not much. So... I'm trying to make this next one what I hope will be really engaging. And based on the success, I'll know if that's a, a direction I continue to go or if I go back to the quick and dirty type. But I'll probably end up doing both. I, I won't always have time. But I am working on some stuff for the channel. So that's what's going on in my neck of the woods. Let's find out what's going on with you guys. If you leave a comment in the chat, question, comment, topic that you want discussed, whatever. Um, if you make it at symbol Dan's Fish, then it will turn bright orange for me see these bright orange boxes and then I'll be much more likely to be able to find it and respond to you so that's how we manage the chat here I'm gonna wet my whistle and then we're gonna get right into it ah, a little more had some soup for dinner and it was a bit salty, so it's making me want to drink. Okay, almost there, almost there, gotta, gotta, you gotta take care of your lips, people. This is important. <laughs> it's like toes, you gotta take care of your toes, you gotta actually take the time to wash them things. Okay, here we go. The first
first one I see is John Snow Radio. Oh, this is when folks were letting me know that the audio and video was all good. Xanadu! Do. Oh my, all those new rainbow fish. The 125 gallon can't get set up fast enough. Oh, if you're doing a 125 gallon rainbow fish aquarium, that's going to be so pretty. Xanadu do. That's a dream. That's a great size. It's got that six foot. I imagine that's the standard size you're doing. The six foot long uh, tank full of big rainbow fish. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. That is going to be amazing. Punchy Paints, I'm glad you found a use for your old fine-toothed comb. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while since I've needed it up here, right? <laughs> I can always count on Punchy Paints to remind me of the glare. As my dad used to say, God only made a few perfect heads. The rest he had to cover with hair. <laughs> John Snow Radio, all our fish from you are thriving. Back 40 pencil fish were spawning today in the floating plants. I'm so glad you got to see that. Um, for those who haven't tried that fish, at some point in your life, you owe it to yourself. When you see them in the pet store, they're usually stressed out. They're faded out. They're not comfortable. They're hanging up in the corners. They don't know what's going on. But if you get them in a tank where they're comfortable and they settle in, they really fire up. And when they go to spawn, that's when they fire the most. Spawning and sparring. So that fish is so much better than it often looks if you go see it in your local pet store or something where it's uncomfortable. But if you give them a chance, oh, the glasses again, bring them home, put them in an environment where they're comfortable, they will reward you. Jon Snow Radio, I'm so glad you got to see that. Scotty the Fish Freak, hello, thank you for the email. We will be in touch once things are finalized. All right, Scotty, I'm looking forward to it. And I'll get you the stuff you requested. Just uh, give me a little time, man. I've got a list 10 miles long of stuff I've got to get to. And some of it I really have to get to, like for the business to stay in business. And then the other stuff I get to as I can. All right. Scrolling down here, trying to get through through the uh, <laughs> through Ireland, <laughs> the the Engelhart giveaway membership giveaway section. It's green like Ireland. Here we go. Ryan Hook, my checkered barbs I won two weeks ago, then spread to my Phantom Tetras and El Silverado ENX. Ryan, I don't know what that means. You got me a little nervous. I hope you're not saying that the checkered barbs had something that spread to your other fish. Um, or are you saying you won the checkered barbs and then that ended up in, you added Phantom Tetras and some other stuff. Uh, I think Silverado Endlers? Ryan, I'm not sure if you could repost that. It, it came out, I think, I think it got auto-corrected to death. I can't quite understand what it is you're trying to say. Sorry about that. Technology's great until it isn't. <laughs> Autocorrect, man. Del Cantrell, we have 16 different species of rainbow fish. That sounds like fun to me, including some F1 Kalitawa. What newer uncommon fish should I be on the lookout for? Well, let me show you, Del. We've got some really cool ones. So, if we go to Dan's Fish and we click right here on Rainbow Fish, you'll see that we have 45 species in stock right now, which is nothing to sneeze at. We have Kalitawa. This one, I think, is one that is quite hard to find and one of the prettiest fish out there. 
This is pick of the litter for me. I love these guys. You're not going to catch all the... They're good size. They have full color. But it's hard to catch on the pictures and videos. But they're Melanotania Gary Lang guy. I love Gary Lang. I. This is a fish that I, I just think is fantastic. Calimoishi is another one here that you don't find all the time. The red form of the Wapoga Alani. This is the strain that Johannes Graf has been working on for a long time. It doesn't show it well in the picture, I'm sure. Yeah, but they do develop a red top up here. Not all of them. You don't know till they grow up how many, but there's a percentage of the, the red strain that do develop that red color. And uh, it's something that needs to be bred out to be more fixed, but that is something. Uh, the Comang River, I don't know if you've seen Comang Rivers or not, but this is one of my all-time favorites. One reason I like them is that no matter what, they're always pretty. Even when they're colored down, they still have that blue sheen. We don't have a lot of them in stock, but we have some. We have real Centeniensis. These are um, the broodstock came from Johannes Graf. So, and we've counted the second dorsal fin and all that stuff. And they're, they're, they're the real thing. I'm, I'm confident enough to say that. Uh, let's see here. Marisai, our picture is horrible, but this is a beautiful fish. Um, there's one fired up a bit. They get a lot of color on the body too. I don't think we have a picture showing it though. A little bit, you can see it. That's a that's a quick taste. Um, oh, the rarest of the rare, Melanotania praecox. I don't know if you've heard of this fish. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> it's a real common one, easy beginner fish, doesn't get too big. And uh, if you're new to rainbows, I know the person I'm responding to isn't. Car um, let's see here. I know Dell has lots of rainbows, but if you're new to rainbows, this is one that is not expensive, doesn't get too big, and is really, really pretty and hardy. Males and females, I like them both on that one. So I don't know, that's a, that's a little bit Dell that we have available. And several more hopefully will be released soon. Jon Snow, question on our super red pleco we recently got from you. Has lots of dark patches, hybrid perhaps? We love him anyway, just an FYI. Could you email us a picture, John Snow Radio? I don't know much about bushy nose uh, color phases, but I don't. I mean, so is it a hybrid? Probably. Almost all the bushy nose that we have in the hobby are probably hybrids. The entire bushy nose group. Uh, your snows, your calicos, your albinos, your regulars your reds, all of them are probably hybrids. The only time they might not be is if you got uh, some wild imports. And we do have some of those. We have some pure line bushy nose for sale right now. But they're not red, of course, because that's not a wild type. That's a color morph developed by selective breeding in aquariums by hobbyists. Kind of like you have the different fin um, shapes and colors and things in a wide variety of guppies. That's what we're doing with the bushy nose pleco. So yeah, I'm sure it's a hybrid. They all are pretty much. As far as, is it normal for them to get dark patches on them? I, I don't know. That I don't know and uh, a picture could help me out. Folks here, do you know that? Someone that knows uh, about super red bushies more than I do, do they develop dark patches as they mature, as they grow? What's, what's the story there? 
Carmos Creations. Hey, Dan, loving my new coral blue calico platies. I'm so glad. The styrofoam to insulate the shipping box. Would it be safe to reuse as a cushion? Elevate heavy hardscapes for new aquascape. Oh, yeah, styrofoam's not going to hurt your fish. I've used it many, many times as floats for spawning mops and other things. Um, I, styrofoam won't, won't hurt. You can use that in your aquarium just fine. KP throwing down a super chat and handing me a bone. Thanks for tossing me a bone, KP. Much appreciated. Never required. But we are a scrappy little startup company and every little bit does count. So appreciate that much. Ryan Hoke, from my earlier message, I do think it was your fault. I don't, I do, I don't. I think that's supposed to say, I don't think it was your fault. Ryan, I'm still not quite sure what happened. Let me, we'll see if we get to it as we go down. If I don't, Ryan, please feel free to email us. Hello at dancefish.com, H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com. And uh, if there was a problem, we want to take care of it. Paul Soltero, it's way too early for UPS to turn the heat on. Their tightest shipping, their tightest ship in the shipping business. You know what we mean by tight? Yeah, I, I don't know. And, and I don't know if it was, I, I'm sure it wasn't intentional. And I don't know for sure if that's what happened. But it's what it feels like when you kind of turn a group of quarries that looks great into fish soup. It feels like it, it would take some heat to make that happen. It's just my guess. But Karma's Creations, I'm glad you like your platies, and uh, I hope that they're settled in and colored up nice for you. They, they're little gems here. They look fantastic. Okay, hang on. Scrolling up to see... Chat jumped on me, folks, so I'm, I'm trying to scroll up. How big might that get... How big might that get to be asking about the Atopokylis uh, catfish, that kind of African... A pleco type cat. We don't know because we don't know the species for sure. All we can do is we hope narrow it down to the genus. But we're not sure which species it is, so we're not sure how big it's going to get. The one I wanted to get, I think, tops out at 7 inches. I don't know if that's the one I was sent or not. Or it might have got as big as 9. Not a monster, though. Eric Brown, Gazuntite. Why, oh, thank you. Thank you. Brian Nipple. I've struggled with Neo shrimp since I moved. New water has high GH, almost no KH. Ah. Have had eight month cycle tank buffered to have high pH, KH, and GH. Still struggling with Neos. Any ideas? I wish I had an idea for you, Brian. Um, but it sounds like you're taking care of the KH. So if you're taking care of that, I don't know what else to fix in that equation. I guess here's one thing you could try, Brian. And maybe you already kept them in this kind of water, but Something that might be worth trying is if you have a tank that's nice and mature and uses your normal water without any doctoring at all, no change to the KH or any of that, 
it might be worth, and again, well-seasoned, mature tank, lots of biofilm and algae and stuff, you know, just a good mature tank. It might be worth taking a few of your shrimp, putting them in there, and seeing how they do when you're not messing with the KH. One thing I've found is when I try to mess with parameters, sometimes it does more harm than good. And I have kept cherry shrimp, Neocaridinas, lots of times in very soft water that says it shouldn't be successful, but they were happy, they were healthy, they were bred like crazy, and I kept them for many, many generations and never had a problem. So I think stable is more important than perfect. So I, I guess that would be, just be something to throw out there. I don't know exactly how you're buffering and how stable it is and all that stuff, but I would say nice mature season tank, completely stable, don't mess with water parameters, just do some normal water change maintenance on a regular schedule and uh, see maybe if that helps. That would be my, my best suggestion. I, I don't know if it's going to be perfect or not, but again, I've kept lots of shrimp very successfully in conditions that were stable, even though they were not what the internet said they should be, and the shrimp did great. Okay, no one do. What would be your dream community fishes for a 30-gallon tank? I mean, I like killifish, so that's always my default. But I would say, just thinking of what I've seen walking around the fish warehouse in the last few days, if I had a 30-gallon, I think filling that thing with a bunch of threadfin rainbow fish, Erythrina werneri, that would be cool. I tend to like large numbers of small fish in a tank instead of several different species, onesies and twosies of lots of species. Uh, so the threadfin rainbow... For anyone that might be new, let me share this. These guys are spectacular. Look at this thing. And this is not a lie. When they're mature and sparring and happy, they look every bit this good. Just amazing finnage on these guys. Absolutely stunning fish. Small, peaceful. Yeah, they spar, but, you know, they're just displaying. Yeah, I think that would be looking good. A nice planted scape 30 gallon with a bunch of those in there. Woo. Anyway, there's many, many things you could do, but that's one that pops in my mind tonight. Could be different tomorrow. Let's see, our stream is healthy. Excellent. Mickey M, good to hear from you. Hi, everyone. Please, if I win, since I'm in Europe, if possible, re-give my win to Tammy L. Kids Aquatics and Reptiles, Chevy Fish. Oh, oh, and he's... Uh, okay, gotcha. Making sure that the mods know. Okay, we will take care of that. So here's what has to happen. Tammy L, if, if Mickey and Mikey M wins, then you're going to need to uh, leave a chat that says, got it, and send us your first and last name and shipping address so we can take care of you. But we'll get to that later. The Fish Guy 5. Can you do a tour on African Tetras? I can. Not yet, though. They're not all ready to go, and I don't want to do that and get people excited and people being like, oh man, I've been looking for that. I want to buy it and then not have it available. So I want to wait until they are ready to go. Spinster Sister. Yeah, I want some Amazon puffers. They are amazing. If you're into Amazon puffers, I think it might be worth your while to go to dancefish.com, scroll to the bottom, click view our previous newsletters, sign up for the newsletter while you're at it. Why not? And go here and click on this article 
The top article here is all about Amazon puffers, and we go deep. We go way into it, and uh, I think anyone that's into that fish and interested in that fish, it's probably worth a read. At least I hope so. Shady Grady. I am so interested in buying a breeding group of snowball plecos. Could you please tell me how hardy they are and any specific care they need differently than regular bristlenose plecos? Well, I have only had them once. The group we got was super hardy. I didn't notice a difference. They ate well. We didn't have any problems. They thrived. Didn't do anything special for them at all. So, uh, what I surmise from that one experience is if you get a, a group, a healthy group, then they're probably going to be really hardy. Like anything else, if you get a group that isn't healthy, it's going to be difficult. That's, that's all I can say on that. But again, I've only had them once, so I don't know a lot. Jeff's Aquatics, any idea when you will you have when you will have a picture of your L401s? Do we not have a picture of the 401s up? That's an oversight. Yeah, I need to get a picture of those. So as soon as I can. Um, yeah, that's a beautiful fish. I'm writing a note. To remind myself. Okay. got a couple videos I've got to finish up and then I'll, I'll try to get to that. It's going to be a little while, but it's on my radar now. I didn't even know we didn't have a picture, <laughs> so that's helpful. Asia Reeves, can you talk about the half beaks on the website, please? Which ones? <laughs> Sorry, guys. We're spending a lot of time at dancefish.com today. The new ones? Did we just list the new ones? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we have the Celebes half-beaks. I, I don't know if you're familiar with that fish, but it's it's a fish that's around. It's, it's kind of hard to find. They get fairly good-sized. They're beautiful. They get black on the fins, some, some red on the fins. They are quarrelsome. Here they are. And yeah, this is not a lie. Like they they get that pretty. How big do they get? I I'm gonna say, do they get? I want to say four inches. Let's see if we can find. There's nothing. Okay, fish base will give us an idea. I was hoping seriously fish had something. Eight centimeters. Okay, three inches. Yeah, three inches. I, I think I've seen them maybe a little bit bigger than that at times, but we'll go with that. Um, they're really pretty. They want to eat off the surface. It's going to be difficult to train them to eat food that falls much more than a couple inches below the surface. Give them some floating plants, some cover, and the males are going to be very quarrelsome. So they're fine if they have space and cover. But if you don't have some space and some cover where they can get out of sight and hang up behind roots of plants and stuff like that, 
then you could have some trouble. We also have a red species of half beak that hopefully we can we can list soon, which is really pretty. They're both pretty, but those reds are something special. Um, Asia, they're not hard to feed and stuff. They'll eat flakes and they'll eat prepared foods, no problem. I think the main thing with them is make sure there's plenty of cover and space so they have line of sight blocks. And they can get away from each other uh, when, they, when they battle. Silver Creek Aquatics, what are your thoughts on the future of the hobby with the rising cost of living? I did a poll and most said they don't care about the price. They're still keeping fish. Well, if you look at, this is something that we looked at before starting this business because, you know, the economy is always going up and down and we wanted to see what would happen. If you look at the fish trade and the pet trade in general over a long period, they're pretty recession proof. People that like fish or like dogs or cats or like reptiles or like birds or whatever the pet is, really like them and consider them to be stress relief, consider them to be companionship, consider them to be lots of different things. That when the economy is hard and stress is higher, we actually find more value in those things. So what I've seen is that people like fish really like fish and will continue to, it's, it's too important to not, to me and to other folks like me, to not indulge that craving. So, you know, for our mental health, for all the benefits they give us, uh, that becomes even more important during stressful times like a recession. So maybe it slows down a bit. It's not like, oh, there's a recession, business is booming, but they're fairly re recession-proof uh, industry. I think, here's, here's what I think about my business. I think as long as I continue to do a good job, source fish humanely, treat them humanely, transport them to my customers humanely, then that's my differentiator. All my focus is on doing that. Everything else will come. Um, so I don't, I'm not one of these guys that, that gets a, a bee in my butt whenever I see a competitor doing something or whenever, oh, this trend's happening or the world's doing this or whatever. My job is to complete my mission. That's what we're focused on, that's it. And I just have faith that if we make that difference and treat the fish more humanely and with respect and all that, get them to our customers in good shape and treat our customers with respect, then we'll be making the difference that people want and the business will be successful. That's my entire gamble. That's the entire thing I focus on and that's really it. Uh, everything else will come and go. That's that's our rock. So I don't I don't fret. I don't, if sales dip a bit, yeah, I'm like ooh, you know. Of course, I'm a business owner. I'm like ooh, man, that's that's a little scary. Especially at this stage of our business, we just moved to a massive new location. It's expensive to run this location. All the specialized equipment we put in here, so the fish would have the best life ever. Basically live in a fancy getaway spa where they get the mani-pedi and the cucumber facial and all of it, right? That's expensive to run, all that equipment. And it's expensive to do things the way we do it. So when I see sale, it, it, sales are not always 
it might be an upward trend, but there'll be ups and downs in the upward trend, right? You, you got to surf those waves, waves. You can't fight them. But yeah, there is definitely financial pressure. There's folks that have invested. There's employees that rely on us. There's all kinds of things. My family, you know, my employees' families, all, all this stuff. And so there, there is that pressure. But honestly, anytime I find myself worrying or being like, oh, this is happening, feeling a little anxious or whatever, I just remind myself, what's my mission and how can we best accomplishment, accomplish it zero back into that and, and that guides us so I think as long as we're focused on that and honestly trying to complete it not just giving it lip service but actually trying to do it then uh, then everything else can come and go and it will work or it won't I think it'll work though it appears to be working okay the fish geek my hemichromis lefalila lefalili lefalila I said Lifalili spawned. How do I feed and take care of the fry? I'm not a big cichlid guy, but let's look at this. I imagine this is a jewel cichlid type fish. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, so beautiful jewel cichlid. Mean as a demon, though, when they're spawning. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh, that's so pretty. Gorgeous fish. Well, the good thing about jewel cichlids is they're such good parents, they're going to do most of the work for you. All you need to do is continue your normal tank maintenance, whatever that was, and give them some food. I would recommend newly hatched baby brine shrimp if you can. That's what I, I would highly recommend that. If you can't, crush flakes and things, and the, the parents will help the, the little babies find that. But uh, baby brine shrimp is going to be the best if you can make that happen. Even if you can only find frozen baby brine shrimp, that's probably better than uh, crushed flakes and things. But, you know, flakes can work. There's been a lot of jewel cichlids raised on crushed flakes. So that's my thoughts. I'd let the parents take care of them until you feel like the parents want to spawn again and then maybe you want to separate when the, fish are, when the babies are, I don't know, quarter inch, half an inch, something like that. But congratulations, that's a beautiful fish. Mountaintop Puffer Keeper. My puffer breeding tank is running. It is awesome. My one-year-old F1 Mekong puffers are in there now. The option to run there. F1 Mekongs, Wild Mekongs, Wild Hairy Puffers, or the next ad. That's awesome. I'm glad you got that tank. I'm glad it's running. And hopefully we can find you a, a pair of uh, Shodeni here pretty soon. The Congo Spotted Puffers. Mr. Guy, why? Why not? Can I breed Limias and Gudeids in the same tank, and would they be fine with Neocaridina shrimp? Also, would you ever sell filter-feeding shrimp? Yeah, I don't have anything against filter-feeding shrimp. I think they're awesome. I haven't tried it yet, but yeah, like vampire shrimp and stuff, I think they're fantastic. Gudeids and Limias, yeah, they're, they're not going to hybridize. But most Limias are going to want it fairly warm, and most Gudeids are going to want it pretty cool. So there might be a little limiting factor there. And will they do fine with Neocaridina shrimp? I think Gudeids in general like to chow down on shrimp. Now, there might be some success if you have like a big rock pile in the corner and the shrimp can get away. Yeah, like enough might live that your colony will continue, but Gudeids, uh, they can chow down on some shrimp. Limias can too, but... 
No more, I would say, than like a Sortail or a Platy or something like that. I, I think Limias are safer bet with Neocaridina shrimp than Gudeans. I could be wrong on all that. Every setup acts a little differently, but that's my, it's kind of like my impulse thoughts on that question. Guppy Barn Aquatics. Hello, thanks for being here. Thanks for the super chat. Have you ever kept, uh, ooh, Furserai? Scythopharynx Furserai. This is one of those Tanganyikan cichlids with the really long ventral fins. Is that correct? Let me let me make sure I, I know what I'm talking about here. Yeah. I do know this fish. I don't know it well enough. I mean, look at these things. Woo. I don't know it well enough to give you any really useful advice. I've had friends that have kept it. I believe John Neiman's had some that he kept in a big old tank that had like their big nest. If it wasn't this species, it was closely related. And I've, I've seen them do their thing. I don't know much about them though. I'm probably not the guy to tell you how to do it. What I do remember is the tank was massive because they made this massive volcano shaped nest in there and it took a ton of sand and a ton of space. So that's what I do remember. They were beautiful, but I can't give you any real firsthand experience. I'm sorry. I wish I could. Sorry, Guppy Barn Aquatics. Hate to disappoint. If anyone here in chat knows about that fish, would you mind uh, leaving a message for uh, Guppy Barn Aquatics in chat so that maybe our hive mind can give them better a better response than I was able to do on my own. Oh, we're looking at, there we go, sorry. Looking at the wrong screen there. 44, Mac Guy Fish and more. Hello, well, hello right back at you. Howdy, and I hope you're doing well. Adam Lash, monitoring my outdoor tubs all summer and seeing the daily temp fluctuations and how well the fish have done breeding, are we missing something by keeping our aquariums at a static temperature? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, that's not natural. Unless you're a fish that lives in a hot spring where the water comes out of the, of the earth at a very constant temperature and the spring is cool enough that all the water surrounding it is going to be more or less that temperature, maybe like the devil's hole pupfish or something like that. I don't know if that's the case with that fish, but it's something like that. Then fish are going to experience temperature fluctuations. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Dry season, wet season, even if you're in the, on the equator down in the Amazon, dry season, water's a lot hotter than it is in the wet season. There, there are definitely fluctuations. And once you get out of the tropics, once you get off the equator, then there's seasonal fluctuations. So yes, we are definitely missing something by not having some kind of seasonal fluctuation and those kind of natural cues that a lot of fish use to know if it's time to breed or if it's time to like hunker down and kind of Burmaid a bit or, or whatever. Yes, indeed. Kelly Foreman, I heard you maybe got in some blue axle rasboras. How are they doing? They are not doing well, Kelly. I'm sorry to say. I I don't have any to sell at this time. Wish I did. Love that fish. Brought them in for you, actually. <laughs> I probably would have brought them in anyway just because I really like them, but the batch is not doing well. Spinster Sister, are all rainbow fish, ju fish jumpers? I really like the Luminatus. Cool. Um, I wouldn't say they're jumpers in the same way that wild-type bettas and killifish are jumpers, which is 
Like if you forget to close the lid tightly one time, you're likely to have losses. But yes, any rainbow fish can jump and given enough time, most will. So I would have a tight fitting lid on. Pseudomoogills, maybe somewhat less, but can they still jump? Yeah, I'd be careful about that. Silver Creek Aquatics, did you catch my question? Mobile doesn't highlight Oh, Silver Creek, I didn't catch your question, and that was your chance to ask it again. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't catch it. Let me scroll up real briefly and see if I can find it. But the chat jumps so much. I see you saying hi to people. Chat jumps a lot, and it makes it muy difícil. Uh, very low if it's not highlighted orange. I don't see it. I'm sorry. If you wouldn't mind leaving it down below again with a highlight, then I'll, I'll try to get to it. Asia Reeves, could you do an over... Oh. Yeah, yeah. I think I already talked about half beaks a bit. They're in the library section. Yep, half beaks are libraries. Most of them. There's a few that aren't. Okay, Rachel Irwin. I won a group of those brand new red pencil fish in the Fishtoberfest auction. They are gorgeous. I've never bred egg layers, but I'd love to try it with these. Any tips? I've never bred, like, well, they've probably bred for me. I've never raised, like, the coral red pencils or anything like that. So, unfortunately, I don't have any personal experience to share with you on that. I know they're an egg scatterer. I know you're going to need to have tiny, tiny live foods to raise them properly. Infusoria, paramecium, rotifers, things like that. And I really think that's the whole challenge right there. I think it's having a steady supply of small live foods so you can raise the babies. So my best advice would be get those cultures going, get them steady, find out how to keep them so they don't crash and you're able to, or you can you know, refresh them or start new cultures enough that you constantly have a fresh supply. And once you've done that, okay, here's how I would try it. I would separate the sexes. I'd feed them well for a while. Then I'd put them together in, in an aquarium. Probably have a, a lot of really large pea gravel on the bottom, you know, kind of deepish so that the eggs can fall down into it and not get eaten. I'd have a ton of uh, java moss over about half the tank, so there's a spawning site. And I think they, they would spawn in that. I don't think they need broadleaf plants, if I remember right. And then I'd put the uh, adults in there. I'd wait, I don't know, three, four days? No, not that long. I'd probably wait two days. I wouldn't feed the adults while they were in there because I don't want the place to get all gunky. I would uh, remove them and then uh, see what happens. Maybe start feeding some of those live food cultures just a little bit after a couple days, because the eggs are gonna hatch, then they're gonna have a yolk sac attached, they're gonna be wrigglers for a bit. As soon as you see like uh, free swimming, I'm imagining it'd be about two days, it could be longer. Free swimming little glass slivers, then I would start feeding those foods. That's, sponge filter would be magical. And uh, I think that's how I would try that to start. So that's my best thought, again, from a guy who's never bred that species. Hannah D, is there, but 
anyone here who has bred like coral red pencils or other closely related species to that new one, if you wouldn't mind, hive mind, let's do this. Back to Hannah. Is there any fish that can live with no more than a 20 gallon that would be a good fish to feed guppy and betta coals too? Or is that just too small of a tank? No. I think a sit and wait predator would be fine. Something like a dragon puffer. Let me show you this. So I have one of these. Its name is Mouth. <laughs> They're, they kind of sit around. They're an ambush predator, so they're going to you know, give them some cover. Mine has a whole bunch of java moss and stuff in the tank it can hang out in. They're going to sit there and they're going to wait for a fish to swim in front of them and then they're going to go chomp. And that's the end of that. It's very quick, which to me makes it seem humane. The fish that uh, gets cold isn't even aware the puffer's there. The puffer's just sitting still. The fish swims by. And then if the fish is, if the puffer's hungry, it just does this like, it's so quick you can't even see it. You just hear this clack and the fish is gone. So I know some folks don't like live feeding and stuff like that, but if you're gonna do it, I think that's about the most humane way to do it. And that puffer, since it's not an active swimmer, I honestly think would be fine in a 20 gallon tank. It's gonna top out at, I don't know, four inches-ish, somewhere around there. And I don't know, call it four to five inches. And it's gonna sit around and wait. So it doesn't need a lot of swimming space, which is why I think it would work fine in a 20 gallon. So I think it's as humane a method of culling via live feeding as you could find. As long as the fish is small enough that the puffer can actually get it. If you, if you try to feed the puffer fish that's too big and it just takes a chunk out, that's eh, not very humane, right? Then that fish suffers. So, but you're talking about guppies and uh, little bettas. I think that's what I would do if I was wanting a live feeding type coal method. Jamie Felix throwing down a super jet. Jamie, I can't see if there's a comment attached to it. It just says Jamie Felix in the amount. Um, if you left a comment, I'm sorry, I can't see it to, to respond to it. But either way, I want to thank you for the super chat. Always appreciated, never required, but every bit helps. So thank you. Oh, chat jumped. Hang on, I got to catch up. Where are we here? I saw that Xanadudu was saying something. Hey, Bentley Pascal, hope you're doing well. Scrolling up to the top here like I do every time it jumps. I can't. So it cut me off, Xanadudu. I can't see your comment anymore. It won't let me get that, that high. The highest I can go, we're talking elevation here, folks. Elevation is the fish geek. What's the hardest species of jewel cichlid to get in the hobby? Oh, there's some really rare ones out there. I don't know their names. Um, anything besides the really common ones, I would say. There's some that have been bred in the uh, industry on fish farms for a long time. And then there's others out there that, that you almost never see. The rarest one I have right now is the Five Star General. It's a Piscivore. Uh, well, let me show you. Was the Elon Goddess, I think, is, yeah. So these guys, and they really are beautiful. They're also mean. 
Like, Jewel Cichlids are mean. These guys take it to the next level. <laughs> but see how it kind of has that elongated mouth, that elongated face? These are Episcopore. These guys like to prey on little fish. And I'm not even showing it. I'm bad at my job. Here they are. Five-star general. See those one, two, three, four, five dots on the side? That's why they're called the five-star general. Elongated snout to make it so it has more vacuum when it opens its mouth and it can engulf small fish, which it likes to eat. Learned about that from Lawrence Kent, who talked about them. I believe it was Lawrence Kent who talked about them um, on one of his African trips. He did a presentation at Fishtoberfest a year ago when he talked about that. I believe that was in his talk. I think that's where I learned that. But there's some others that are super rare. CMD, any tips on sexy and licorice grommy? I'm not sure if a couple of mine are females or just colored down males. Those are hard for me. The males have to be really colored up for me to know it's a male, and then I always have the same question. Are those others females? Or are they just subdominant males or males that aren't, you know, feeling the vibe at the moment? I have the same problem you do, Sam. I don't know. I don't know. There is a wonderful website. If you type in the genus of the licorice grommies, Phorophosphromenus or whatever it is, it's like that.info or that.net or something like that. I haven't seen it in a while, but there's a great website in there out there dedicated to licorice grommies, and I would I would look there, but I always I always have the same problem. Joe Sneed, hey Dan, I have a group of Aves Creek Rainbows and a 40 breeder, heavily planted. They seem to hide all the time. Weird. Only come out at feeding time. Would dither fish help? Planted 40. How big is your group, Joe? I mean, that's a fish that literally comes up to the front of the tank and begs me for food. And they're in a... They're literally in a plain aquarium with painted bottom and sides, sand on the bottom, and an air stone. That's all that's in the tank. It's a 75 gallon, bare 75 gallon for the, you know, for the most part. And they're not shy at all. They're always out front begging for food. So that's been my experience with that, that species in that location in general. In fact, rainbow fish in general, that's been my experience. I would say dither fish couldn't hurt. Now, okay, so here's a question. How long have you had them? If you've only had them for a week or even two weeks, maybe they just haven't settled in quite yet. But if it's been like a month or more, then I'm very surprised. I would say a tank that's painted on the sides, back and bottom, I found that to be helpful with rainbow fish. Yeah, those are my thoughts. Dithers would not hurt. That's for sure. Fish dreams. Thanks for leading by example. That's the only way to do it. You know, you got to stop talking and actually start doing it at some point. So that's what we did. Instead of lamenting all the problems, we're like, hey, we're going to try to change this. And hopefully we can. We're working on it. JTI Aquatics, some of my bigger neon <laughs> neon green Kubatai Razabors have a blue streak along the top. Is that normal? My guess is that what you're seeing is like a, an iridescence like a, a blue sheen off the scales, I would say that's normal, yeah. It can depend on the light, can depend on a lot of things, but yes, often fish will get neat iridescence color, iridescent color accents, especially as they, they settle in and their full color comes out. Jamie Felix, do you eat sushi? I love sushi. Just because I like aquarium fish doesn't, like I, 
doesn't mean I don't like eating fish. I, I like fly fishing. I like catching trout and cooking them up. I, I love eating fish. Some of the healthiest food for you. Nice, nice protein with uh, good fats. U.S. Skatebird. U.S. Not Scraper. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Do you know the solid method of sexing L134 plecos before they reach adulthood and the females obviously big and wide? I do not. Plecos are another fish that I have trouble sexing until they're like, you know, so obvious anyone could do it. I mean, you could look at the vent, you could look at the, the what are the, geni- genital papilla? Is that what it's called? Yeah, sometimes there's more of a V in one than another and... The other's a U shape around that, uh, but honestly, I, I get it makes me feel real sketchy whenever I try to do it. Just real like, Ugh, I don't know if this is gonna work. So, I don't have a good method for you. But someone in this chat might hive mind if you know how to sex that fish. If you'd leave a note for U.S. Scaper, not scraper, that'd be awesome. Bentley Pasco, what has been the biggest challenge of the new warehouse? Well, Bentley, you know when you're at the beach with your surfboard and and a wave comes and you catch that wave and you've taken care of it and it's like, yeah, that's awesome. And then you look behind you and there's another wave and another wave and another wave. That's what it's like. Now, I don't mean that to sound negative, but there's the challenges come and they never stop. There's always a new challenge. So it depends on what I'm working on at the time. At the moment, I would say it's been figuring out um, the, the issue we have in our system with the supersaturated gases. Because if we can't figure that out, then, then we don't have a stable system, which is obviously bad for the fish. So that's been a top priority, and we're, I think we're there. But or I think we know what to do to, to be there permanently. Let's put it that way. So that is the, the problem du jour. <laughs> That's the wave that we're tr- currently trying to harness and, uh, and ride instead of fight, right? So that's it right now. Sometimes it's uh, trying to source healthy fish from the Congo. Big challenge. Haven't, haven't figured that one out entirely yet. Um, those are the things, the things that come at you that that you just have to solve, like for example, making your life support system completely stable and all that, uh, that you have to solve or it's gonna be a big problem. And then trying to prioritize which, (laughs) which wave is gonna, uh, waves is a bad example because they kinda, you know which one's gonna reach you when, but let's say the waves are all different sizes approaching at all different rates, trying to figure out which one you have to take care of, which one's gonna get to you first, you know, prioritize that list of waves and challenges and problems. But I would say that's the reality is it's not one thing, it's what's happening today? What broke today? What, what's the issue today? So it, it keeps it interesting, that's for sure. There's never a dull moment. I would say though, there is one thing that has not been a challenge and that has been working with the team. Um, everyone that we brought on is amazing. So we've been real lucky there. Because when you have a good team, it means that when you have the challenges, you pull together and fix them. It's much less stressful than if you have all that 
office drama and politics and everyone's stressed and so-and-so doesn't want to talk to so-and-so because they're mad at you know oh, yeah, 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 all that drama let's keep the drama on the stage people that's where it belongs on the stage off stage let's all work together and and focus on a goal and make it real instead of digging into our petty things and our team does that so I'm really grateful that despite any challenges what we have is a good team that faces them together so that's been awesome wouldn't change any of them night owl arium are your l519 rio itennis plecos the same as a wabin booster no they look very similar also what do the spotted ancestress you have look like so the spotted ancestress look a lot like a 183 they might be 183s, that's what they were sold to me as. But a 183 is a very specific fish, and I don't think they're quite there. But it basically looks like a, a standard bushy-nosed pleco, maybe a little darker, with a ton of fine white spots on it. That's what it looks like. Like someone took table salt and sprinkled it on it, but it's not ick. <laughs> and the Wabin Mooster is a different a different fish than the L119s. The L119s uh, have more orange to them and as they grow are supposed to develop even more orange than the Wabin Mooster. They have a similar honeycomb pattern but it's not quite the same and they have different coloration. I wanted to get some Wabin Moosters. I ordered some but they did not arrive in the latest. Uh, the breeder was out so I couldn't get any. We'll try again. They're both beautiful though. Okay, scrolling. There we go. The Fish Geek. I was stationed at Guernsey, Wyoming. Beautiful state. Yeah. Wyoming's one of a kind. I want to get one of those t-shirts that says, Wyoming isn't real. Because <laughs> so few people have ever seen it. <laughs> Spencer. Let me get that right. Spinster Sister. Your mini range of plecos, can you sell them sexed? Are they staying mini in your tanks? I would refer you to our YouTube channel. We did a video on that a couple days ago. So check out that video. We go through the whole thing. Um, as far as sexing them, I can't sex them. But as far as are they truly the mini? Does the mini actually exist? Or are they just smaller? Are they just babies of one of your like standard 7-inch range replecos? All that, all those questions. We go into that. We show all the details. So I would, I'd recommend you to that video. It's on the Dancefish YouTube channel that you're on right now. Paul Soltero, my Beckford spawn in a large mass of floating pogo stemmons octopus. Okay, that's good to know. It's not broadleaf. They just want to scatter eggs. That's, that's what I thought. But you know how some of the kerosens will go up and actually kind of like a harlequin tetra or the drape fin barb or something will actually spawn upside down on kind of like a, a broadleaf? I, I couldn't remember if some of them did that or not. Dustin Perez. I've been looking for peppermint bristlenose in, in Wisconsin. Do you know of anywhere that has or might have some? I don't. That's one that's on my radar as well. I, I don't know of any available at the moment. Mitchell Broom, pencilfish spawn like most all tetras, so the setup Dan just went over is pretty common. Okay, yeah. Although that new red one, I, I suppose we don't know for sure, but I'm imagining it would do the same thing. Pretty new, though. By the way, Mitchell, I hope you're doing well. Good to hear from you. Good to see ya. 
I'm scrolling because chat jumped again. Has has a want to do that. I don't know why. I'm like not behind at all. <laughs> How far behind am I? Like half an hour. Jerry Serple Morris. A while ago, I found a random Florida flagfish that must have come from an egg on a plant I bought. It was grown by the time. Do you think it would be safe to add a female? Or would he be, uh, I think you were saying territorial. If you could, I would add like three females. If you can't, a pair can be fine. Just, I don't know what size tank they're in, but whatever it is, I'd, I'd make sure there's lots of line of sight blocks and things. She can get away if she needs to. But if you can get three females, that, that would be even better. I have definitely kept Florida flagfish in groups without a problem, but I've never tried like just a pair. I don't know how aggro he would get. Booch56, any updates on the Sulawesi shrimp? Yeah, they're, they're doing pretty good. I was debating whether to release them or not. Johnny and I and Mandy talked about it and uh, we decided why not give them another week? Let's just, let's just make sure. That's a, they're brand new to us. Never kept Sulawesi type shrimps before, so since they're brand spanking new, we want to take some more time, make sure there's not stuff going on that we don't know about. So at the moment, we're thinking maybe another week, could be another two weeks, just to be sure. They're doing pretty well, I think, but I want to make sure. Like if they are going to develop a problem, I want it to be here and not in your tank, basically. Just need Dan, I have a group of AIDS Creek Rainbow... I already got that one. Alright. Squidney. <laughs> I like that. It's like Sydney, but different. <laughs> Tamara, sorry. Any new Sultan Plecos coming soon? I wish. I did order more. They did not arrive. The breeder was out of those as well. So I did try to get some more. I think that's true. Johnny, those did not arrive. I'm remembering that correctly, right? I, I'm pretty darn sure they didn't come. Pretty darn sure we don't have any. Johnny will correct me if I'm wrong. Joe Sinead says it's 9 o'clock. It's now 8.12 here. I imagine in where you're at, Joe, it, it's probably 9.12. So 12 minutes behind, I'm practically ahead. That's, that ain't no thing. <laughs> Mikey M, often licorice grommy females have no color in the caudal fin. Males do. Thanks for an awesome stream as always. Hey, thank you for letting us know that. Okay, so no color in the caudal fin probably means female. Good to know. Thank you, Mikey M. Hopefully that helps. Oh, Joe was not talking about the time. He was talking about how many he's had had nine of those Bosmanis for five months and they're still being shy. Is that correct, Joe? Let me make sure. Wow. Yeah, they should be out and about and totally settled in. Joe, I don't know. I would definitely say try some dithers. It couldn't hurt. That surprises me, though. Okay. see here. You haven't seen, it says, someone says Johnny is lurking. I haven't seen Johnny here yet either, but I'm pretty sure he's around. Okay, I'm scrolling here to see, okay, long stretch of chat with nothing for me. And then here we go, U.S. Scaper. I recently got my dream Klecko. Klecko? It's a Klecko? Dream Pleco. Any care tips for 
Serratus, Pseudocanthus. Let's see here. Is this one of those big cactus plecos? Pseudocanthicus, Serratus. Sounds like it could absolutely tear you apart. Oh, yeah. Never kept these guys. So I can't give you any direct advice. Look at these guys. Look at these big old... I mean, they're called serratus for a reason. Look at all the serrations on that thing. This is basically a saw. I mean, the, the eye's not great, but it's clear serrations on that one. Yeah, probably want gloves to hold that. I bet you do. Whew. I've never kept that one. In general, cactus plecos I found to be really hardy, really easy. I give them a, a mix uh, rotation. Some days I give them high protein foods. Sometimes I give them veggie foods. I just like to give them a mix. They are definitely feisty with each other. So if you have several, hopefully you have a really large tank and lots of different hiding places so everyone can have their own territory, their own snuggy cave to go snuggle in. But that's been my experience, really hardy but really aggressive to each other. But I haven't kept that specific one. I'm assuming it's probably the same, though. That would be my guess. That's my guess. D.S. Are there any truly freshwater frogfish? I don't think so. I've been looking at buying one, but the information about them is somewhat cloudy. Not that I know of. Um, there is... Is it a frogfish? There's one that I think is freshwater. Okay, let's see. Is it a frogfish, though? It's definitely got the venomous spine on the dorsal. Okay, let's see if this is what I'm thinking of. No, the thing I'm thinking of is totally different than these guys. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know if there's any actual... I, I, no. <laughs> like, that's an estuary fish. Maybe it goes back and forth, but probably wants brackish. But there, a, is it a rockfish, a stonefish? Freshwater stonefish. That might be what I'm thinking of. Stonefish. Uh, no, it's not that either. There's something that's kind of in that vein that I think is pure freshwater, but it doesn't look anything like that. And I can't remember right now. Hmm. Venomous dorsal fin. Kind of looks like a big fat goby type thing but with a venomous dorsal fin kind of anyway sorry sorry ds i'm not being very helpful there am i we have 360 folks here that is amazing 362 i don't know if that's quite a record but it's darn close bob killers aquatics and exotics is that a record um folks if you wouldn't mind since we're so close if you wouldn't mind taking a moment we're gonna do two things we're gonna do a like spike so this gets shared out, and maybe we get more folks here. And then we're going to share this stream with, with all of our ex-girlfriends uh, and boyfriends and such so that we get more people here. So we're going to do a like spike in a moment. I'm going to count down from five, and then everyone hit the like button, and that might get more people here. Five, four, three, two, one, like spike. Okay, that should get more folks here. And then if you wouldn't mind sharing this out, yeah, all your ex-lovers, let's get them in here. And let's see if we can uh, surpass the record. Just We don't usually do this kind of stuff. Like, get more people in my stream. But when we're real close, it's fun, right? Let's see what we can do. Bob, what do we need to hit? 
Uh, I can't remember. I want to say it was right around here. 370 is the record. We are currently at 371 and then 373. That's awesome. All right, we have set a new record. Thanks, folks. Thanks for the like, Spike. Thanks for sharing this with all your exes. Love doing that. It makes it interesting in here. 372. We got we got 373. I'm calling it. <laughs> we beat the record by one. <laughs> Joe Coffee, all my ex lovers are already here. <laughs> Joe is well known in the fish fam. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. That's not that's not bad. Let's celebrate by doing the giveaway. We're going to give away a group of pumpkin spice shrimp. I didn't name them that. They're basically a dark orange kind of shrimp. We'll send you a good group. There are 299 folks entered, and the winner is Harry F. Sanders III, but a subscriber since may thank you so much for being a subscriber we appreciate that if you wouldn't mind harry we, you have two minutes to chime in leave a comment say hello say i'm here say yay say whatever but let us know you're here you have two minutes to leave some kind of message in the chat so we know you're here to claim your winnings if you don't do that within two minutes then we will move on and uh select someone else as the winner don't want to do that, though. Want it to be you, Harry. <laughs> 373. All right, we're tied for our record. If we could get... Oh, it went down to 369. 373 seems to be the threshold. I didn't see it go higher than that. Did anybody else? Yeah, I think 373 is our, our record. Well, hey, that's respectable. I'll take it. You escaper, thank you for your insight. Very helpful, as always. Had to remove my three beacon pleco because of aggression. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah. Hope the three beacon's doing well, though. That's one of my favorites. I say that about all the plecos I know, but that's one I haven't kept yet and I think is amazing. Robert Johnson, do you ever bring in L24s or L25s? No, I, I don't know that one. Let's take a field trip here, see what that is. L024. And I'm not typing in the right spot. Here we go. LO24 Pleco. What is this? Oh, I do like these guys. I don't think I have any at the moment, though. I've had closely related ones, but I don't think I've ever had these. Let me just make sure. <laughs> I did bring in a different cactus pleco, but it was a leopard cactus species. I don't think it's... Yeah, I don't have those. I never have. I did try a different, similar type one, but it's one of the leopard species. All right. Harry F. Saunders third is here. Congratulations, Harry. You have won. Now, we just need you to email your first name, your last name, and your mailing address to hello at dancefish.com. That's H-E-L-L-O at dancefish.com and then uh, we'll know where to send the package, who to send it to, and we'll get a, a shipping schedule, um, a shipping plan together with you. All right, we've still got time. Oh yeah, we're gonna keep the party going. Nine whole minutes, sounds like a party to me. Let me wet my, my, 
wet my whistle, wet my whistle, and then uh, we'll get to some more of these questions and comments. What can we do in nine minutes? Make that eight minutes. Jerry Serple Morris thinks I'll get a few. Then he's in a heavily in a planted twenty gallon with a couple panda endlers and three banjo catfish. Okay, I think we're talking about the flagfish, if I remember correctly. It's amazing how like I read a comment, I take care of it, move to the next one, and my brain's like, okay, we'll remove that and put something entirely new in. You don't have to remember that. <laughs> it's uh. My capacity to forget is amazing. <laughs> Alrighty. Rena Mar, someone mentioned a freshwater sculpin. Is that what you were thinking of? No, but there are definitely lots of freshwater sculpins. Banded, uh, is it the banded? In the United States alone, there's lots of freshwater sculpin species. They call them the darternators because they like to eat darters. So it's not quite that. I think they were from Peru, if I remember correctly. Stonefish? Fresh. I already looked that one up. It wasn't that. Frogfish? I don't remember. It's been years since I've seen them. And I'm not even positive they were pure fresh water, but it was one that I think was, it was at least worth digging into. But yeah, there's lots of freshwater sculpins out there. Okay. <laughs> John Snow Radio, we're watching twice, TV and laptop. All right, whatever gets the numbers up. <laughs> it's like one of those businesses trying to pad their, their spreadsheet. Looks better this way, right? Yeah, but don't you want to know what's actually going on with your business? <laughs> nope, the numbers look better this way. Okay, okay, all right. JTI, what's the temperament of a Romino's Rasbora? Would they be good with other small Rasboras? Yeah. I think they get along fine with other fish. I've never seen them be aggressive to anything. I mean, males will spar with each other, their own species, but yeah. Paul Soltero, Aquarium Co-op, better look over the shoulder because you're catching up. Yes, the mighty 373. Now we're back to 293. Uh, that's all right. We're getting to the end. People's got lives. I get it. I get it. Rena Mar, Harry just chimed in. Oh, yeah. Gotcha. Got Harry. He's all taken care of. Rosie, what's the least amount of Melanotania Kalitawa appropriate for a 35-gallon? Um, oh, I think you could get one Kalitawa. I think rainbow fish are fun in groups, but I don't think they have to be in a group to be happy. I've had lone rainbow fish that seem to be fine and happy, so I would say you could do one, I think. Has anyone here had a different experience with rainbow fish? I don't think that's mis. I don't think that's in a, uh, wrong. I, I'd hate to say that and be like, no, they're going to suffer. But I'm trying to think of all the times I've been to down to, been down to one rainbow fish species in a tank, and it's been a lot. Sometimes long term, like I've got a Chilotherina pricei here that I've had for <laughs> five months, six months, by itself. All the others sold. In fact, I should check and make sure that one's listed. Maybe that's why it's not selling. Um, and I can't, I think that's fine. I don't, I don't think the, uh, now it's neat when they're together because they'll color up and they'll flare and they'll spar and all that, but I think they're fine by themselves. 
Waspfish. Alicia AS. Freshwater waspfish. Freshwater waspfish. Maybe? No, no, that's the same as the stonefish. Doesn't look like that. It looks. It's like a fat hot dog looking fish with a spine. I, I don't think I'm going to get it. Don't think I'm going to remember. Like I said, my capacity to forget is amazing. Jeff Kane, thank you again for the order this week. Everyone's doing great. Oh, Jeff, I'm so glad to hear that. Glad they're doing well for you. That's what we try to do. Try really, really hard to make that happen. Thank you for the membership. Whoever sent it says BatPappy52. Well, you're welcome on behalf of whoever sent it. And thank you for the super chat. Always appreciated, never required, but it's pretty awesome when money falls out of your computer screen onto your lap. Not going to lie. Andrew Miller, great stream, sir. Thanks for a shot at Tuesday Shrimp. We shrimp. Well, I'm glad you liked the stream. Thanks for being here. Thanks for chiming in. Oh, the pricey eye. I think it's Chilathrina, not Melanotania, if I remember right. Is a female. That's why we've had her for so long. Says Johnny. All right. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. All right. <laughs> Joe, are you trolling Bob with pumpkin spice comments? <laughs> Even I did today, I guess, since the giveaway is pumpkin spice shrimp. <laughs> That's funny. All right, we're going to shut this down. I want to thank my moderators first and foremost for being here, doing what they do week in and week out. I really, from the bottom of my heart, appreciate that. I want to thank Alexander Engelhart for giving away, what was it, something like 70 memberships? Yeah. Alexander, thank you. It's good to be Engelharted. What can I say? That's a t-shirt. It's good to be Engelharted. <laughs> I gotta write this stuff down or it goes bye-bye out of my mind. Hey, Alexander, I hope you're doing well. Um, everyone else that left money on the table, thanks. Thanks for throwing money at us. I, every little bit really does count and we do appreciate it. We try not to pander for it. We try not to be like, well, you have to pay or I won't answer your question, but, but please know that it makes a difference and we appreciate it. Everyone that left a comment, was active in the chat, helped other people in the chat, all that jazz. Thank you. Thank you for being an active part of this community. We appreciate you. Everyone that's listening to the replay, no, lurking. We have to get there first. Hail the Lurker Nation. If you're lurking and not active in chat, I totally get it. That's how I consume most live streams. And uh, if you're watching a replay, hello from the past. If you're listening to the podcast, thanks for listening. And I believe that covers our bases. We'll be back next week, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I hope you have a good one. Bye-bye. And that's when you sit there awkwardly waiting it for it to finish out. Okay, I think we're good. I'm going to press stop streaming. I wonder how much of this you're going to 